right through him. Around the wicket, it was angled in the middle of the leg stump, but straight by the hit a crack. Oh, that is an absolute boot. That is a Jaffa. Welcome to the Jaffa, a brand new cricket podcast by Cricket Huddle Networks. It's the stuff we as cricket fans think about, but no one talks about. And we got a whole lot to talk about here. All right then, let's go. The next one that we'll be talking about is um, the the thing that's happening in Australian cricket. Uh, I mean, clearly tables have turned. Uh, the Australian media, which uh, is like the twelfth man, like we talked earlier, uh, is actually siding uh, on the other side. And there's a lot that's brewing between players and the head coach, uh, where Justin Langer is coming out in the press saying everything is fine, but. There are murmurs in the media that talk about players complaining. They don't really like the way Justin Langer has been handling the team. And it's not just in this series, but it's been going on for a couple of series. So really want to bring that up. And uh, I mean, it it just seems like uh, is Australia in a quandary right now with their cricketing system? I think the loss uh, in the recent series has fueled some more fire to this conversation. I think Justin Lang, uh, I think the players, I can understand. So this has always been a debate going around in the world that uh, how much a coach makes a contribution towards the uh, game of cricket. How it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's different aspects of the game. Like the fitness comes into uh, aspects. So then there is... Team, team selection decisions that are made and then there are some other factors that uh, hiring the right uh, personnel for specializations like bowling batting and all those things so having uh, having uh, so there's two kind of coaches one is a captain's coach and one is the coach who wants to bring discipline in the dressing room Justin Langer is a disciplined kind of guy he's not a captain's coach he will not listen to anything that a captain well he i'm not so let me rephrase he's not going to entertain anything that uh, is going on in the dressing room the way the players want he wants to have certain things done in a certain way and that can go if you're winning it's fine it's all good you know no complaints if you're win- if you're losing that's where the problem starts then then that's where all the blame games uh, happen so that's what is happening in right now so I understand there has been a similar situation that we have faced in Indian cricket as well. Anil Kumble and Virat Kohli, we all know how that went. And uh, it's the same situation right now here as well. So the difference between Ravi Shastri and Kumble is Ravi Shastri is a yes man. He just doesn't argue if he likes, if if there is something that is... Okay, let's agree to disagree for the moment. Sorry? I think Uh, Amol Amol is frozen in... Yeah, okay, okay, so... So uh, Ravi Shastri is a like he he's a captain's coach. He would like uh, be more of a whatever captain says, whatever he wants, because he's the one who's leading on the team, uh, on the field, and uh, it's his job to make sure that uh, there is a good amount of communication. However, in terms of Kumble, it was different. Uh, Kumble wanted certain things in a certain way. There was like power of clashes. So. That's what's happening in Australia, Australian cricket today. It's Justin Langer is a person with a certain process in hand. 
uh, he wants to get things done in a certain way. And despite of that, they are not so, providing so actually, the reason why. Uh, who I, is a captain's actually, coach, right? Who is a captain's coach and who is not a captain's coach? In, in the current scheme of things in world cricket, uh, I think you brought up a good example. Kumble was definitely not a captain's coach. He had his own thoughts. And Shastri is more kind of, uh, he'll give his opinions if asked for kind of like that, yeah. right? Which is surprising. Yeah. But in world cricket, if we kind of go over with the different cricket coaches, like which are the captain's coaches and which are not? So, I mean, see, when a cricket board, whether it's BCCI, ECB or CAB, their job is to appoint two personnel, right? One is to lead the team in the field. And one is to kind of guide the team off the field, which is the coach. And if you look at all the successful teams, like when Australia was winning all these World Cups and Buchanan was the coach, right? And uh, with uh, Gary Kirsten for India, right? And even the current English coach, uh, which won them the 2019 World Cup. They're not necessarily captain's coach. Or even John Wright was not the captain's coach. John Wright was the one who told... Uh, Saru Ganguly uh, win the toss and back first in that final, but Ganguly decided against it. So you don't have to be a captain's coach to have that successful partnership. I disagree with that. I think what's happening is the Australian players' mentality uh, versus what Justin Langer wants to bring in. I think, and not all the players, maybe some of the players, maybe the core group of players, I think they're kind of used to that you know, having a Daryl Lehman kind of personnel who allows them to carry sugar in the pocket or carry sandpaper in the pocket or encourage that kind of behavior. I mean, I forget the, I forget the name of that guy. Who was the actual uh, player who carried that sandpaper in the pocket? Bancroft. Bancroft, right? So, Mr. Warner and Mr. Smith make a good comeback after serving uh, whatever ban. And where is Bancroft now? So he has been made the scapegoat, right? He was the one. I mean, Smith or Warner... And Peter Hanscom. There's, there's yeah. another guy, Peter Hanscom. Yeah. And Smith and Warner didn't really carry that sandpaper in their pocket. They didn't have boss to do that. So they asked some junior guy to do the deed for them. And uh, they got away with it. And these guys are now made scapegoat. And I think... And, when it and comes Peter, to that, Peter Hanscom actually just was talking on the walkie-talkie. That's all the poor guy did. And exactly. <laughs> and, and now these guys are getting fed up because Langer wants to bring some kind of discipline. I mean, even Langer, uh, as uh, Amol had said in, I think, two episodes back, he was the bail flicker. So he's not the completely honest guy. But at least, you know, when you talk about the ranking of honesty, he's far better than Darren Lehman, right? And so, yeah, and even Mickey Arthur wanted to bring some kind of discipline and then Michael Clark was just shouting at his players and all that. And so when there is that discord, and I think it's a desperation to win instead of, you know, just showing your skill. When when Steve Waugh, Ricky Ponting was the captain, the coach was just backing them enough, giving valuable input, sometimes disagreeing. But those captains had the skills to get the best out of their players and, you know, go out and win. And I think somewhere these captains are just wanting. And so they're looking at these other other alternatives to go win the game. And when that's not happening, they're trying to blame the coach. So I think I'll be on the side of Justin Langer. There is something I, I wanted I to say about this. 
um, is you have to be honest as well. A, a captain or a coach can only use the resources that they have available. And even though they have Stephen Smith, one of the great batters of all time, Pat Cummins, probably the best test fast bowler in the world, you wouldn't say this was a vintage Australian side, all right? particularly in the batting. They have, there's a lot of weaknesses. They're very reliant on Labuschagne and Smith. Now, yes. with Warner a bit out of form, all right, then you're looking at other guys, and honestly, you never heard of him. Like, a guy comes in, you know, and you look at him, and you're like, okay, I don't know much about this guy. Travis Headley's okay. Uh, um, Wade, he's okay. But they're not the Pontings, the Martins, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then also, you look at the pace stable Australia have. They have... Um, you know, Hazelwood and Cummins are their bankers. Stark is hot and cold. He can go up five and over and give you a load of hard volleys, give you a load of stuff to hit. Nathan Lyon is their spin banker. If you play Nathan Lyon well, and the way to play Nathan Lyon is to attack him, all right? The way to play Nathan Lyon is to take the game to him. When India won there three years ago, they did exactly that. And Rishabh Pant did it exactly this time. Then all of a sudden, they've got to go back to the other guys because the backup Australian pace bowlers, I know they've got Pattinson, um, who's sort of waiting to come back in, but the backup Australian pace bowlers are not as good. So there is some weakness in the Australian lineup that has been exposed by the Indians and you have to give them credit they won that series playing aggressive cricket and they chased that 330 on the last day unbelievable and and they were just no stop we're going for this we're going for this and you could see that the Australians like my goodness this could be headingly all over again and it was so you have to bear that in mind that this, although they've got some great players there are some there are some weak links within the Australian test team I, th I think that what happened with Justin Langer is Uh, he always played his cricket under two great captains. You have Steve Waugh and then you had Ricky Ponting. So they really had a seamless handover. Uh, in his mind, Justin Langer is still a player who has retired, uh, but he still wants to go out and play because he's used to a certain level of success and excellence. And he yes. doesn't see that in his existing team. And mm -hmm. you, you look at an Australian captain, that captain has always been... Uh, as far as performances go, you never had any questions about any captain maintaining his place in the side. If you take captaincy away from Tim Payne, it, does he walk into an Australian 11? Probably not, uh, given the fact that he's 36 years old. So does he have the gravitas and does he have the hole on the team to say, this is my team? No. I, my opinion is no. In that, in the in this vacuum, Justin Langer has felt The, the the need to step in and say, okay, this is my team because I can't rely on Tim Payne. He's a good boy because of the need of uh, cultural realignment or whatever the, it is that they, they, they are doing. And I think that he's probably gone a bit too far. He's kicking off those rubbish bins and then making Nathan Lyon watch repeat of the Headingley test. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it, but they were a bit hardcore. So I'm not surprised that this has gone to the point where the players have This is a mutiny. Uh, the fact that he's not even denied it and he has even gone on probably unprompted and he has outed Marnus Labuschagne saying that oh, it was Marnus Labuschagne who carried a cheese toasty on the field. And this has become a huge mess. I think that so, that's so the point. So it's called Sandwich Gate, by the way. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sandwich Gate. So, so I don't know. Let me just tell the story uh, the way I understand it. Is uh, There was a group WhatsApp chat between the Australian 
cricket uh, team and and Justin Langer, and somehow, some way, the the news leaked out that Justin Langer had confronted a player, a, an unknown player, an unnamed player, for taking a cheese ham and cheese toast in his pocket, even after the lunch break. So they had a lunch break, and he still had, uh, took that particular sandwich in his pocket, and he said, "Hey." Mate, do you think that this is a professional way that after lunch you still have to carry a sandwich? And that didn't go down well with the players. And then they started this kind of internal kind of a leak. And now it's going in the press, in the Sydney Morning Herald. And Justin Langer has felt the need to come out and give a press conference saying that, no, no, I'm, I will learn from this experience. So this is playing out. This is not really, uh, I think it leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, Australia made those kind of tearful apologies from Warner and Smith that was a bit over the top and i think this is also a bit over the top i think i think what's confusing yeah. for cricket australia in general is after what happened with smith and warner and that fiasco they have not really got out as to how they should behave right because the instinctive australian cricket side is in your face going to be chiming out a lot going to be sledging that's uh, that's uh, I, i wouldn't want to say that but that's pretty much in their blood of that's how they play their cricket it's very aggressive right and and to be honest that's the way i like them right and and whatever you like it or you hate it right i think that's why you have that opinion and they are very good right i mean when it comes to winning a cricket world cup no better side does it than australia so they just have created a formula uh, they've created a chemical formula for how to win world cups they just know it but i think with this new regime and i think the attempt is good but they are confused as, as to what their identity really is because they don't want to be that uh, uh, same australian side which was in your face but they don't even want to be uh, known in this today's world as to the side which kind of cheated and uh, that's that's where virat kohli i remember that the guy knows how to use his words right he he just says i don't want to use that word but that's what really happened on the field and and pretty much everyone got what what the word was right when smith was uh, signaling to the dressing room uh, which trade was trade uh, moment yes trade moment the drs right? the drs gate <laughs> the drs gate there you go uh, so i think with cricket australia you find all these uh, scandal is not the right word but all these fiascos that keep happening again and again and with with this coaching thing if you guys remember there was something that happened with nikki arthur as well where he confronted yeah. chain watson and uh, that didn't really go well for nikki arthur so i don't know if uh, if this is taking the same trajectory with the south africa series uh, kind of postponed I don't know cricket australian ceo has a lot of time to think on things right now you know there's yeah. a lot of time th- time to ponder and i would not be surprised if uh, langer's uh, head is on the chopping board it will all depend on who becomes the next captain if pat cummins is the next captain then you know we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, and just to bring up the uh, one comment i think uh, ro mentioned that uh, you know shastri is a yes man coach uh, i think shastri is really being smart he saw what happened to kumle by standing in his own, uh, standing his own ground you know kumle was ousted so and with shastri what we see is 
when somebody is not the captain we see what shastri brings to the table yeah. and when somebody is the captain somehow things don't pan out so yeah, that, i don't that, think it's all shastri's fault no so, it's not i'm not i'm not saying shastri is at fault i'm just that's how it works yeah. in the system it's it's a system every yeah. every cricket team is a system right so actually shastri's uh, i used to think that he's just a complete yes man but no he's not shastri test in australia He's a smart man. What Shastri can bring to the table, so I think Shastri is a decent coach. Not not as great as Kumble. Oh. He's a decent coach, but I you think we call Kumble a great coach by any means. To be honest, Kumble wasn't like, either. I mean, he's not a great coach. No credibility. Like he doesn't have a pedigree of winning, except for a few games here and there. I don't think his tactical genius came out anywhere. Right. So Kumble was a Kumble was a good player, uh, awesome baller, but I don't think so. He was a good leader or any on coaching material. Like all I can give him is a thinking coach. That's all I can give him. Yes, and and just because you're a good player. Uh, does or a yeah. good fighter or a talented player doesn't mean you can be a good coach or a good oh, definitely definitely i totally agree on that because uh, this one like uh, for example we we there are so many good players who have failed as a coach or vice versa as well so like john wright and all those kind of coaches i never heard of them uh, like they played uh, like they played for new zealand but they were like decent uh, but it coaching is a different uh, you need to understand the personnel who you need to understand the talent in the players and you need to give your inputs the way it's a, it's like a marketing uh, skill where you have to portray what you see for the team how you can uh, make it work if if that knack uh, gary custon was an excellent coach he he knew yes how to manage a, a, a an institution like bcci can you imagine bcci is a huge board and to get into that and manage it it's, it's something coming out of the system is like commendable so i think uh, india has fair bit of coaches even australia had some successful coaches but then again uh, buchanan was very fortunate to have steve waugh as a captain and he carried uh, and after that ricky ponting so they were like unbeaten so these kind of issues never popped up even they had it they were suppressed underground because they were winning they didn't need the field yeah. to you know bring it out but right now the things are not going their way that's why they are just popping out so i feel I think, for i think the only guy who's really a coach here is peter you know yeah. Yeah. i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, just just so, briefly boys yeah he's going under the radar but chris silverwood's doing an excellent job with england okay you don't hear any complaints from the players yes identify two things firstly three things um he wants fast bowlers and england have got uh, jofra they've got woody and they've got ollie stone so he knows now we've got we can go to australia with real pace um he wants platform building openers and he's got them now and he's identified obviously sibley and burns as guys who are going to do hard yards particularly sibley but he's also investing time in high quality young players like zack crawley and ollie pope and dan lawrence and this is fantastic from him because they've got 10 12 15 years ahead of them and that's not including someone like Sam Curran who's only 21 now I think or something like that so yeah. he, he and and I know that there's rotated I I love Sam Curran and I have him in my side every time but when you've got Stokes in there and you want Sam Curran my goodness me is like another Stokes different player but very similar type of um skill set where he can be an x factor game changer so Silverwood is created a great environment for the England team 
He's helped root. He's taking stuff away from him. Did he play for England or was he a county player? Chris Chris Silverwood was one of the fastest bowlers in England, actually. He never really had the 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 go in test cricket and one day cricket that he could have done but he was quick six foot four bowled 90 miles an hour for whatever reason he never really got a, a good go at it but he was um a really good quick bowler he played for Yorkshire and I think he may have played for Essex for a little bit as well but he's been coach at Essex he's done a wonderful job there and they won the county championship brought some good players through and you know as far as I can see the England players really like him there's a happy camp there England have made a conscious decision to try and get more English coaches involved so there's him there's Graham Thorpe and the batting coach on this tour is Jonathan Trott on the last tour of Sri Lanka it was Thorpe and Jacques Callis. So England are also very receptive of bringing coaches in from all over the world, whether it yeah. be Mushtaq Ahmed, Sakhalay Mushtaq, Mahila Jaya Wardner, Kuma Sangakara. It doesn't matter. They are very receptive to bringing guys in. Like I said, Callis was the batting consultant for Sri Lanka and just bouncing ideas around. They're not afraid to do that. And, um, you know, I, I like that when they're, t- when they're there to say, hold on, Jacques Callis would like to come into our camp and do some work with our batters. Yes, please. We'll take that every day of the week. And I think that's really smart coaching. So, so to put a bow to all of this, right, with what's happening with Cricket Australia, uh, like what, what should be the next thing? I mean, I'd love to uh, get everyone to give in their last words as to uh, like what needs, like what will happen or give your predictions or... Uh, where do you see this going? I think that I Justin think... Langer, Justin Langer, has lost the the confidence of his particular team. I think the only two players who are backing him, at least publicly, have are the two captains. Uh, I don't see much of a future for Justin Langer unless he finds it in himself to really have an honest one-on-one conversation with whoever it was that was leaking it. Uh, I think Australia are a bit confused. They don't really understand what uh, what kind of uh, cricket they want to play. And it's actually down to the captain. I think that this is going to end with Tim Payne uh, quietly retiring after the Ashes. But I think that uh, the cancellation of the Australia or South Africa tour came at the wrong time because that would have been a trigger for many things. But now they have left it too late. So it has to wallow until the Ashes. So if, regardless of what happens in the ashes of next year, uh, I think it's game over for Tim Payne and uh, uh, Justin Langer as well. I don't see a way back for him. I think Cricket Australia is heading in a direction where they need a restructure, complete re-ramp of the... Because of the based on... This is the Australian team I've never seen play the way they are right now. So... All they need is a re-ramp. So I think uh, it's. Uh, I see curtains for Tim Payne for sure. Uh, he's not going to last for long. And then uh, Justin Langer, well, he has a backing of Cricket Australia. So I don't know. I think he still holds a good position in uh, the Cricket Australia uh, management. So I don't think he will go away. But there, there are definitely some uh, shuffling in players to get the core team much more stronger because that's what I see going forward. Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, Ro. Uh, Langer would keep his job because I think Cricket Australia wants to keep that image of, you know, being a good side. Uh, so they will keep him. I think uh, Payne might lose his, job, lose his job even before the Ashes. 
and you might see Pat Cummins as the next captain with uh, Labushin as the vice captain. That's just my feeling. Interesting. Peter, you 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 next. Well, um, I'll, I'll finish off with this. There's no obvious candidate, is there? Because they can't really give it to Warner and, Warner and Smith based on what's happened before. If we're honest with ourselves, Tim Payne would not make many of the sides in the world. Look, I don't want to be disrespectful to him. He's, um, but he wouldn't make the Indian side. He wouldn't make the England side. He wouldn't make the South African side. Okay, so and he wouldn't make the New Zealand side actually. He wouldn't get there in, in front of B.J. Watkin. Um, so he, he, they had to go to him because of the image of Australian cricket that they needed to, they needed to get back to wholesome good values. And Tim Payne was that kind of guy. But he's a solid operator without really ever influencing a match. I don't know about the environment he creates. Um, he has actually been unable to defend totals on the last day of, of test matches a little bit too often, obviously against England, then recently with Rishabh winning that game um, against India. So the obvious candidate, wow. Pat Cummins is probably stands out as like sort of reincarnation of Dennis Lilly without Lilly's sort of, um, um, you know, that sort of slightly wicked side that Dennis had. But um, Asking a premier fast bowler to captain a cricket team, difficult. test match cricket, geez, that is heck of a difficult thing to do. That's yeah. really difficult. There's very few guys have ever been able to do that. Uh, the most successful fast bowling captain I can probably recur was probably Imran Khan. Um, that, that comes yes. back to mind, and he was an all-rounder. But to be a, a someone who's going to bowl 30 overs in a day um, and captain a side, or, gee whiz, that's heck of a difficult that. Really difficult. Maybe Labuschagne um, have their batters. There's only three, maybe four of them who are guaranteed their place. And that's Smith, Labuschagne and probably Warner. So, yeah, it's interesting times for Aussie cricket. Very interesting. They've got some thinking to do. Well, well said. Well said. I think, uh, like you said, and Pat Cummins is not really that old. He's 27 only. So plenty of time for him to kind of get used to things and have a longer career but uh, yeah. Yeah, it will be an ask if uh, you ask a fast bowler to become a captain i don't know how many fast well wasim akram was there so yeah we've got plenty of examples sean pollock sean pollock there you go so so i actually not that hard of a job both of those guys not did not do that bad but they were all yeah. rounders though they were all all rounders don't forget that, that that's that's right they were all all rounders That's the episode, guys. A huge shout-out for everyone who made it happen. If you've not subscribed to us, please do so. Leave us a review or give us a rating. We will highly appreciate that. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any other social platform at Cricket Huddle. We would love to get feedback from you guys. With that, thank you all and see you next week.